Center um, in here with us, and um, such a great blessing that um, he visited us uh, to be a part of our conference, and now is our main um, speaker for the Soul Winning Revival. So Pastor uh, Belcher has been the pastor of the Church of the Open Door in Winst uh, Westminster, Maryland, and that is um, beginning November 1999. And he has been in the ministry for over 46 years. He was the pastor of West Virginia for 12 years and was the pastor of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Joliet, Illinois. And um, now he is a frequent preacher and speaker of the conferences of the Sword of the Lord. And he is a member of the executive board for the Sword of the Lord. And let's welcome him to our pulpit this time, uh, Pastor Norris Belcher. Thank you so much. Good morning, church. Good to see everyone this morning. Thank you for being here. I know you could be uh, a thousand different places, but you chose to be in God's house this morning. And I am delighted that you are here. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like the lightning bug that backed up to the, to the electric fan. I am delighted to be here. All right. Let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Genesis. First book of the Bible. Book of Genesis. Chapter 24. That's mine, brother. I forgot that. I may need that. All right, Genesis 24. All right, I'm going to um, ask you to stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. And in verse 1, I'm only going to read four verses. Beginning in verse 1. The Bible here says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country, my country, and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. All right, let's pray. Now I'll let you be seated. Father, we thank you now for your wonderful word. I pray you'll bless what is about to be said to our hearts and that you'll stir our hearts with your word. Father, we realize the, the great uh, uh, number of people that, that uh, need to be saved from their sin. Father, it grieves our hearts just to think that if folks don't trust Jesus, then they have no hope. And that's not just our opinion, that's what you say in your word. 
So, Father, I pray you'll give us a burden for winning souls to Christ. I pray that we will leave from this, uh, from this service and just have a more a stronger desire to want to, to present the gospel and share the gospel with our family and our friends and our neighbors and our co-workers. And, Father, use our witness, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. If you are taking notes this morning, uh, I, would, I would encourage you to do that because I'm going to show you uh, something very, uh, I think, enlightening and helpful from this passage of Scripture. You know, the Bible is an amazing book, isn't it? It's an amazing book. Someone has said that the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. All right, so, so we, we kind of think oh, Old Testament, that's, that's for... Uh, that's for uh, the Jews. That's for an older generation. No, 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 no. How else would we know where we came from if it were not for the book of Genesis? Is that right? All right. Uh, you know, the, the uh, evolutionist. <laughs> They'll say, uh, you know, that we evolved from a big bang. Well, I, if I'm reading my Bible right, the Big Bang is at the end, not the beginning. Right? Okay, yeah. I mean, that's how we know where we came from. You're not gonna, you're not gonna hear about creation from uh, from uh, an encyclopedia. They're not going uh, Reader's Digest. Y'all, you know what Reader's Digest? Is? You're not gonna learn about where we came from, from a Reader's Digest. No, it's the Bible. It's the Bible. Well, you say, well, 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 I don't know that I believe that God created the heaven and the earth. Well, wouldn't it be a whole lot easier to believe that a, an almighty, all-powerful, divine, omnipotent, omniscient God created all of us by divine fiat than to believe that we evolved from a explosion billion, millions and millions of years ago? My wife bought me one of these iWatch things. All right, an iWatch. Anybody have an iWatch? Huh? They don't sell them down here? Huh? You have an iWatch preacher? She took it back. Ah, that's awful. Okay, so if, so if she gave it to you. Oh, I see, I see, I see. That's yours? That's right. If, if you snooze, you lose. Right? All right, let's say I, could t- I would take this iWatch off. All right, I'd take it off. And I get all the pieces that make up this watch, 
all separated, all apart. And I put them in a little pile on a table. All right? You with me? You follow me? I take off the band. I take off the band. I take off the, the front, the, the, uh, the little thingy here that, that you push to get the, whatever those things are to come up. What are those things? Apps. There you go. Not apples. Apps. All right. So, so you get the apps to come up. All right. I take it all off. I take all the, the little sensors and all the little uh, computer parts and all everything. And I got this little pile of all that stuff on a table. And then I get a little jar about that big. And I scrape all of those uh, components, all of those watch pieces off into that little jar. And then I get me a stick and I start stirring the ingredients of, of, of it that's in that jar. Now, how many cabillions of years do you think I'm going to have to stand here and stir this until, poof, out pops this watch in perfect working order? Never. Never. And let me tell you something, folks. The universe and the earth and the human body is 10,000 times, 10,000 times, 10,000 times more complicated than this watch. Amen. And you want me to believe that, that I evolved from a one cell? I mean, boom, this big explosion, this little tiny one cell thing comes up on a rock and the sun shines down on it and poof, it gets a pimple on it. And then, and, and then the pimple turns into an arm and then one day it twists a little bit and the sun shines on another part and poof, he gets another arm. And then legs. And all this is happening over millions of years? No way. Amen. I'm telling you, it takes a whole lot more faith for you to believe in evolution yeah. than it does for me yeah. to believe that the Bible is right when it yeah. said, in the beginning, God yeah. created. Amen. 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 You with me on that? Amen. All right, that was free. That's not the sermon. That's just warm up. All right? That was free. All right, now you got your, um, got your notes ready? All right, now listen, I'm going to give you five things. I want on the left-hand side of your page, one, two, three, four, five. Just go down, one, two, three, four, five. All right, can you do that? Everybody got it? All right, number one, I want you to write down the name Abraham. Abraham. Abraham, then put a dash, and I want you to see Abraham as a picture 
of God the Father. All right, a picture of God the Father. Number two, number two, I want you to write down the eldest servant. The eldest servant. All right, we've got in this passage of scripture, you look at verse one and two, and there's Abraham. And Abraham is a picture of what? God the Father, all right? Everybody seeing this? You, you with me? All right, don't make me start over. All right? All right, verse 2. Is the eldest servant of his house. So you've got Abraham and you've got the eldest servant. Now, I want you to see the eldest servant as a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. Number three, we have the bride. The bride. And I want you to see the bride as a picture of the church. Christians. All right? And then number four, I want you to notice Abraham's son, Isaac. Write down Isaac, and in a dash, and Isaac is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then lastly, number five, I want you to write down the far country, the far country. And uh, uh, the far country is a picture of the world, the world. All right, now everybody got, got all of them? All right, let's review, okay? Uh, Abraham is a picture of who? God the Father, right. Number two, uh, the eldest servant is a picture of who? The Holy Spirit. Then the bride, number three, is a picture of who? The church. Then Isaac, uh, Abraham's son, is a picture of who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And the far country is a picture of the world. All right, now let's put it all together, okay? Let's put this story together, and you will see uh, uh, from, this, from these five uh, characters that are mentioned here uh, that uh, uh, you'll see a beautiful picture unfold that shows us what is God's purpose and what is to be our purpose? Abraham, put it together for you. Now watch. Abraham is wanting to get his son Isaac married. So he sends his trusted, faithful servant some 500 miles away uh, to go back to his homeland into the far country he sends his servant 500 miles away to find a bride, bride for Isaac, all right? And he goes into the far country to find this bride. Now, folks, listen. This is what God wants us to do. God the Father, look at, your, look at your, what you've written there. God the Father. God the Father wants uh, us 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that when we go to find believers to win folks to Christ, to, uh, to, to lead folks to the Lord, bring them uh, uh, to the Lord, then, uh, then, uh, then uh, uh, we see them saved, we see them born again, and they, are, they, they become a part of the family of God. But realize that it is the Holy Spirit who is, who is in us that draws, draws uh, 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 the, the sinner to, to the Lord. All right? It's the Holy Spirit. Now, you know the story here. You'll, you'll see that this chapter is long. It has 67 verses in it. So I'm not going to take the time to read all this. Our time would be gone. But I take for, I'm going to take for granted that you know the story. So, so uh, you remember that when the servant left home, all right? Now, uh, Isaac is, is uh, getting a little up in years. He's getting a little up in years. And Abraham, his daddy, says, I got to get my son married, okay? Now, how many of you are thankful that your parents did not pick your spouse? Raise your hand. Huh? Yeah? Yeah. You're glad, aren't you? That was your choice, wasn't it? Hallelujah. I know what my mom would have done. I know what my mom would have done. I know what my dad would have done. So I'm thankful that I got to choose Karen. I did not... Uh, uh, have my dad come and say, well, son, we've worked it all out and you're going to marry that girl right over there. Dad, I don't even know her. So Abraham wants to get Isaac married. So what's he do? He gets his trusted, faithful servant and he sends that servant into the far world, into the far country, the world to get a bride for Isaac. And folks, that is exactly what God does and is doing today. You see, God the Father has sent His only begotten Son into this world to pay our sin debt. And then you'll remember Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to go back to heaven. But I will not leave you without a comforter. And he said that you wait in Jerusalem. You tarry until the fullness of the Spirit comes. And so they waited. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God baptized the church, uh, the, the, the apostles and, and the believers that were there. And that's when it all took off. So that's exactly what God does, what, what we read here that Abraham did. He sent his servant, and the Holy Spirit is God's servant, so to speak, and he comes to find a bride for the Lord Jesus, for Isaac. And that's, that's the picture, folks. That's the picture. All right, everybody see the picture? All right, it'll come more uh, uh, alive to you here in just a moment. Now, here's what, here's, here's what uh, I want you to see. There are basically uh, three parts or three things 
that we read in the Bible about the Holy Spirit. First of all, there are the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. Now, you know that, uh, that, that in the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul talks about the spiritual gifts. All right, he talks about the spiritual gifts of the church. So, uh, so go over to the book of Galatians for just a moment and uh, look, please, at chapter 5. Chapter 5. And look, look down at verse um, uh, 19. Verse 19. All right, now let's think of this story about Abraham and sending the servant to get the son. Let's think about all that for just a moment and look at it in the light of the, of the uh, gifts of, uh, or the, um, the uh, fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. All right? I, what did I say a minute ago? I said it wrong. Huh? No, oh, I'm going to start in 19. Yeah. I said gifts. Scratch that out. That's not gifts. We're talking about the fruit. I'm sorry. I knew I said something wrong, and I'm sitting wrong that's what I said wrong sorry all right okay look please at verse 19 Paul says now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness uh, uncleanness lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions heresies envyings murders Murders, wow, uh, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All right, now look at verse 22. But the, what's the next word? Fruit. Fruit. All right, now. What did what were these other things that that we just that I just read? What were these other things? Uh, verse 19. Now the what? Verse 19. Come on, people, go to church with me now. Look at verse 19. Works. Okay. Is there a difference between a work and a fruit? Huh? This is a work. Somebody made this. Somebody made this. Uh, preacher, if you get hungry, would you rather have an iPhone to eat or a bowl of fruit? Yeah, me too. You know, this is hard to swallow. I mean, you just can't hardly get this down. I don't care how much water you have, you just cannot hardly get this. It's hard to chew up, for one thing. Yeah, it's hard to chew up. This is a work. Fruit is nourishing. It's good for you. And so, he says all these works of the flesh, don't go there. You know, folks, listen. Do you know how not to become an alcoholic? Don't take the first drink. 
I've never known anybody who sat down at 18 or 19 or 21 years of age and poured uh, 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 some, some uh, liquor in a glass and then took the glass, held it up, and made an announcement that said, Hey, everybody, I just want all of you to know this is my first step on the road to alcoholism. Amen. No. Somebody ought to go up there and just bang, knock them over the head, knock some sense into them. You say, well, what do I do? Don't ever get, uh, don't ever start drinking. Don't ever do it. You know, it's amazing in America, all these people smoke. Well, actually, they don't really smoke. Um, if, if it's smoking, it's a cigarette that smokes. You with me on that? I mean, I just had this thought. I don't know if it's going to, going to develop, but it's a cigarette that smokes. So the guy that takes the cigarette, puts it to his lips, is doing what? No, he's sucking. Cigarette smoking. He's the sucker. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh man, you never know what you're going to get, do you? Wasn't that awesome? I mean, you're going to go home and somebody's going to say, What'd you learn in church? Well, I learned that cigarettes smoke and people who do cigarettes are suckers. Listen, folks, if, if God had wanted you to smoke, God would have put a chimney on your head. All right? Okay, so what are the what's the fruit? It's love. Well, you can build with that, can't you? That's nourishment. Uh, it, it, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Well, at least not yet. All right, I'm sure Joe Biden is trying to figure out a way make laws against the fruit of the Spirit. But right now, there's no law against that. Paul said you can just love as much as you want. Okay? All right, now what's the point? Here's the point. Don't forget, don't forget, Abraham sent his eldest servant into the far country to get a bride for his son. God sent the Holy Spirit to, to find a bride, the church, for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sent him to the far country, to the world. Nod your heads. Do you see that? All right. Now, outside of the fruit of the Spirit, I want you to write this. The fruit of of the Spirit are, is, is, a, is a methods course in soul winning. It is how we go soul winning. You've got to be loving when you go. You've got to be long-suffering when you go soul winning. 
When you go tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot go in anger. Okay? I mean, it's not going to do you any good at all to walk up to somebody and say, Now look here, you sorry thing. You need to get saved. Well, he's liable to double up his fist and give, give, put your nose all over your face. All right? No, you, 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 this is a methods course in soul winning. When you go out to tell somebody about Jesus, you go out happy, Amen. gentle, you know, not browbeating. You're not browbeating them. You're doing your best to, to convince them that the, that, that the, the uh, uh, groom, that Jesus, the son, is wonderful. Amen. And you want, you want uh, uh, them to come and, uh, and, and get in the family. I mean, you just want to do all you can to promote the one that, uh, that is the Son of God. Amen. All right, now let me, let me illustrate this. Let me illustrate this for you. Let's suppose that I send my son down to, what's the name of that green supermarket? Woolworth. Woolworth. All right, let's say I send my son to Woolworth to get a gallon of milk and a, and a loaf of bread. And I say, now, son, I want you to go down to Woolworths. Now, don't forget who you are. All right? You, you are the pastor of the Church of the Open Doors, son. So I want, you to, I want you to uphold yourself. Now, I want, you to be, I want you to be a good representative of your dad. And he'll say, okay, dad. And he'll hold his hand out. Now, why does he hold his hand out? He wants money. Yes, so I, I reach in my pocket and I give him uh, some money and I say, now, Josh, 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 and he stops, what? I said, why are you going to the store? Milk and bread. Everybody got that? Milk and bread. And so I sit down and I'm waiting. And 10 minutes goes by and 15 minutes goes by and then a half an hour goes by. And then 45 minutes goes by, and then an hour, and then an hour and a half, and finally I hear the car pulling in. Joshua comes running into the house, and he says, Dad, you should have been there. And I say, what are you talking about? Oh, man, it was awesome, Dad. I went into the bakery area, and, man, I just hugged everybody. I hugged everybody. I told everybody in the bakery that I love them. You should have been there, Dad. It was awesome. <laughs> Dad, you should have been there. Man, I mean, I walked into that bakery and, 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 and I saw these people. I didn't even know them, Dad. And I, but I just felt impressed. And I went over and I grabbed them all and I hugged them. And I said, man, praise the Lord. I love you so much. Josh, did you get the bread and the milk? <laughs> no. No, Dad, but I loved. I loved everybody. Dad, 
Yeah, we went over into the to the meat department and uh, we were all standing around and, and I just looked up and I said, well, praise the Lord. Uh, isn't it good to be uh, in the in the Woolworth store? I just, I, I tell you, I'm so excited to be here and uh, I want to be as nice as I can be to everybody in here. And uh, sir, I, I, I want to be nice to you and young lady, I want to be nice to you and I want to be nice to you and I just... I just want to be a nice person. And I did that for 25 minutes straight, Dad. Josh, did you get the bread and the milk? No. Well, let me ask you, good boy or a bad boy? Is he a good son or a bad son? You see, I sent him down to get what? Bread and milk. He went down to the store, and he loved everybody down at the store. <laughs> Did you get the bread? No. Did you get the milk? No. You see, folks, we're not to focus upon the fruit of the Spirit as if it's the main thing. It's not. The main thing is to get the milk and the bread. Obedience. Obedience. What are we trying to do? The Father sent the spirit to go into the far country to get a bride for the Lord Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Getting the bride. Getting the bride. Getting the bride. We make everything about everything else except for getting the bride. Oh, we say, you know, I want... I want uh, our church just to be a, a loving church. Well, I'm all for that. But you just can't think that that is going to draw people into the church and, and to the Lord. Amen. I mean, you could go out. All of us could just get up right now. Go outside. Make a line on the sidewalk out there. And when everybody goes up and down the road, we wave at them and say, I love you. I love you. People think you're nuts, right? That's not what we're about. No, we are trying to get them in the body of Christ. We're trying to get them born again. Now, I suggest when you go, you go with a loving heart. You go in gentleness. You go in long-suffering. You take the fruit of of the Holy Spirit. And notice in your Bible, folks, this is not fruits, plural. It's one fruit. It's a package. It's a package. All right? Everybody see that? All right, now, I'm not going to take the time to go into all this because I'm taking too much time already. But let's look secondly at this principle in relationship to the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. All right, now the gifts of the Spirit you can find in the book of 1 Corinthians. So let's go back there for just a moment to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter, uh, chapter um, let's see, 12, I think is where I want you to go. Yep, chapter 12. All right, let's go back there. 
And if you'll look, please, at verse 1, the Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you, what's the next word? Ignorant. And yet you want to know what we are the most ignorant on in, in, in America? Spiritual gifts. Very few people have a good understanding of what the gifts were all about. Now, I told you that the fruit of the Spirit is a methods course in soul winning, right? Right? The gifts are the tools to get the bride. All right? You got the fruit, which is, which is, the, the, um, uh, which is the methods course in getting the bride. You go get the bride, you got to be sweet, you got to be nice. You don't want to go out there and, you know, threaten somebody. You don't want to go out there and browbeat them. You want to go out and love them to Jesus. Let them know you genuinely care. All right, but now we got the gifts of the Spirit. Now, everybody who knows Christ as their Savior has at least one spiritual gift. You say, well, I don't know what mine is. Well, you need to find out. You need to find out. You say, well, how do I do that? You do that by, by this, this book right here. This book. Yes, sir. This book. Amen. All right. Now, when I was uh, 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 almost 17 years old, almost, uh, I got saved when I was 16. And it was in the, in the uh, fall of the year in October. And then in the summer in uh, August, the Lord called me into the ministry. All right, I did not want to do that. I did not want to do that. Uh, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor. Well, I'm a doctor, but <laughs> I'm a doctor, but I'm not a surgeon. All right, I'm a soul doctor. <laughs> All right, and so, um, so, so I didn't want to do it, and so. My pastor said, well, now, you know, Norris, if God's called you, you got to do what God calls you to do. And I said, well, okay, but I don't, I, I don't, uh, I, I can't see myself preaching the Bible. And he said, uh, why not? And I said, well, because I just can't see myself doing that. And he said, well, maybe the Lord's got to show you that. And so... Over a couple of months, the Lord just kept pounding on my heart. And so I went forward one night in a Sunday night service and told the pastor that I felt like the Lord was calling me to preach the gospel. He said, what do you want to be? And I said, I guess a pastor. I think I want to pastor a church. And uh, so he said, well, that's one of the great spiritual gifts in the Bible. And uh, I think that's honorable. And I said, uh, spiritual gifts? What are you talking about? I didn't know such a thing. Spiritual gift? And I found out that God gives gifts to people. I thank the Lord for these uh, ladies that have the spiritual gift of helps. All right? I mean, helps. They just help. <clears throat> it's just natural for them. Comes time to eat, they know what to do. Could you imagine all of us men back there trying to fix lunch? 
You talk about a disaster. My goodness. You always take a drink of something and go, ooh, wow, what in the world? Oh, we forgot to put the we forgot to put the sugar in that, or we forgot we forgot to put the good in that. Really. But you ladies, you just know how to do it. It's amazing. I thank the Lord for the for the ladies and men. I told the men in our church, uh, uh, you can work in the nursery. Yeah, I told them. I said, you can work in the nursery. So we have ladies and their husbands. All right? And the husbands are coming. Yes, yes, yes. They're just coming right along with their wives, you know. And, uh, and they work in the nursery. I'm thankful for that. Because you see, while I'm in there preaching the Word of God, they have all those babies down in a special room in another part of the building. They can just squall and scream and, and, and stomp and run and cry and do all they want to do. We don't hear them. Hallelujah. And if those guys ever turn that crowd on us, we're in trouble. If they ever turn them loose and say, go to your parents, and they come crashing through the door, uh, uh, screaming, Mommy, I'm going to run. I'm going to run and scare me to death. But get this, folks. The gifts of the Spirit are the tools that God uses to help us get the bride. Your pastor gets up here and preaches and teaches the Word of God. All right? That's his spiritual gift. That's his spiritual gift. Uh, I get up in front of my church folks and I preach to them and teach them the Bible and teach them the Word of God and challenge them to, to live for Jesus and go soul winning. And I mean, that's my job. That's my calling. That's my gift that God has given to me. Does that make sense to everybody? But you know what we've done with that? We have made the gifts the main thing. Haven't we? Yeah, you know, uh, if, if you'll read this when you go home, you're going to see that speaking in tongues was one of the gifts that Paul mentions. All right, you're going to see that. You say, well, why don't we speak in tongues today? Uh, we do. It's called it's called English. <laughs> All right, that's my tongue. That's the only one I know. I know. Uh, I know English, and I know hillbilly. All right. All right. Redneck, redneck language. That's that's where I'm from. Redneck country, and uh, and so, uh, but people use their gifts, and they, uh, you know, I give you an example. Since the days of the apostles. There's no more apostles. God does not call apostles anymore. What's he called? Pastors. All right? Pastors, evangelists, missionaries. That's what he calls. There's no more apostles. I was on an airplane. I was on an airplane uh, flying uh, to uh, preach somewhere a few years ago. And this guy came in, sat down beside of me, and, and uh, he said, uh, he said, what do you do for a living? And I said, no, he said, where do you work? And I said, oh, I don't work. I don't work. 
He looked at me and said, wow, that's awesome. I said, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I'd recommend it uh, highly. And, uh, and so I'd recommend it highly to you. He said, well, if you don't work, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He went, oh, well, you work. I said, no, I don't. It's not work if you love what you're doing. And so he smiled and he said, well, uh, he said, I want to introduce myself to you. He said, I am apostle so-and-so. And I said, you are? He said, yeah. I said, man, how old are you? <laughs> he looked at me like, what? I said, how old are you? He said, well, I'm 47. I said, um, oh, then you ain't no apostle. I said, you're not an apostle. Well, I am too. I said, who said? Who said you were an apostle? He said, well, my, 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 my church did. I said, oh, your church did. And let me tell you something, folks. That title, man, he had that chest puffed out. I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle. Well, la-ti-da. You know? Don't focus on your gift. Your gift is a tool. God wants you to use your spiritual gift to get the bride. But yet we focus on our gifts, don't we? Let me illustrate. We're going to organize what little what Mount Zion, right? Mount, Mount Zion. We're going to organize the Mount Zion Volunteer Fire Department. All right? Everybody on board? Mount Zion Volunteer Fire Department. You want to help? All right, let's do it. We're going to be the best fire department in all of Auckland. Okay? You call it Oakland, don't you? Oakland. Oakland. I feel like my head's caving in when I do that. Oakland. I thought he was saying Oakland. That's where Brother Denny lives, up in Oakland. And I thought you were saying Oakland for the longest time. And I thought, he's saying Auckland. 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 Yeah. All right. Where was I? <laughs> Organizing the fire department. Okay. We're going to be the best. The best fire department. Okay. Hands down, nobody's going to be as good as we are. All right, now, while we're in the station, in the firehouse, while we're in the firehouse, we got to delegate some responsibilities here. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you, some of you, I'm going to give you uh, uh, some, some, some duties, okay? Um, let's start with you, sir. And I'm going to, I'm going to put you in charge of polishing the trucks. All right, y'all have red fire trucks? Sure you do. And so I want our fire truck to be spotless. When I look into the paint of the front of that fire truck or the side of it, I want to be able to see my reflection. Perfect. All right? 
So you're in charge of polishing the trucks. Pastor, I'm going to put you in charge of the uniforms. All right? So that when the call comes in and we have to go fight a fire, we can just go and doom, jump right into our uniforms, get on our polished truck, and go take care of the fire. You with me? All right? And I'm definitely going to make you to cook. This woman can cook. Oh, we had a wonderful breakfast this morning. So I'm going to put you in, in charge of the cooking. All right? So while we're in the station house, if we got to eat, you know? And so we're going to eat well. Well. Yes, indeed. All right? And uh, uh, let's see. Matt, Matthew, Matthew. I'm going to put you in charge of ringing the bell, all right? You ever see the fire truck and they ring those bells? You know, they used to. Uh, you, you, you knew the fire truck was coming because you heard that distinct bell being rung. Now they have sirens and they scare you to death, but I'm going to put you in charge of ringing the bell, okay? And then, let's see, let me pick one more. Uh, young man, right there, you. I'm going to put you in charge of sweeping the floors. All right? When we're in the firehouse, you have got to keep floors swept. You good with that? Okay. Now, let's review. What's your job? What'd you say? Polishing the trucks. All right, are we starting a truck polishing department here? What's your job? No. Don't say it. Don't say polishing the trucks. That's not right. What's your job? Who said it? Say it real loud. Fireman. Fireman. Putting out fires. That's your job. What are you in charge of? Polishing the trucks. You see, folks, when we're in the church house, somebody's got to cook the food. Somebody's got to play the instrument. Somebody's got to run the sound system. Somebody has to pay the bills. Somebody has to stand up here and preach. Somebody has to lead the singing. Somebody has to direct the choir. But that does not relieve any of us from the main job which is putting out fires winning folks to Jesus I mean I've seen people in America you know well I've been on the deacon board for 125 years I haven't moved from my spot yeah well it's time you unhitch yourself and get going you're not doing anything for the Lord how many people you want to Christ? Well, I mean, but I'm a good deacon. Oh, baloney. <laughs> baloney. Don't stand there and brag about your what you're in charge of. Just do what you're in charge of. Do it with a smile on your face. But don't forget, your job is keeping people out of hell, putting out fires. Amen. That's your job. All right? Young man, what's your job? Huh? No, no, no. No. You're a fireman. 
in charge of? Sweeping the floor. Everybody see that? Oh, I'm a, I, I'm a sweeper. Am I, was that supposed to impress me? No. I came in here and said, man, I want 10 people to Christ. I'd be impressed. See the point, folks? All right, one more. One more. There's, there's a verse over in Ephesians, chapter 5, and it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. All right, now, pay close attention here. All right, the fruit is what now? It's the methods course, right? The methods course and so on. Then the gifts, they are what? The tools that we build with, yes. And then thirdly, the filling of the Spirit is the fuel. The fuel, F-U-E-L, fuel to get the bride. You see, folks, if we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have God on our side while we're witnessing. Let me show you this. Let's suppose, let's suppose that we came to church this morning and there was a, a, an unsaved man who came in Saw, saw all the cars and saw all the people and said, wow, what's going on there? They must be giving something away. So they come in, sit down. And the preacher gets up and he says, for my message this morning, I want to preach to you on, on, uh, on the, the Bible verse that says, you must be born again. Now, do you know why you must be born again? Because you must be born again. There's no other way. All right. That was a trick question. All right. Now, this guy sitting in the church, he's, he's listening. And, and the preacher says, Jesus Christ was virgin born 2,000 years ago. And this guy sitting back here goes, what? What? Folks, let, let me tell you. The message that we preach. Now, it's not difficult for us. We've heard it all our lives. But it's difficult for somebody who's never heard. And you imagine, this guy comes in, sits down. Preacher gets up and he says, Jesus was virgin born. And so he goes. That can't be right. Yeah, Jesus was virgin born. And he did, he's rolling in his mind. He says, evidently that preacher's not very smart. I mean, everybody knows that virgins don't have babies. You with me? That's true, isn't it? Everybody knows. But folks, listen, the reason that Jesus was virgin born 
was so he would not inherit the sin nature that you and I inherited from our parents. He was not a sinner. And so the preacher says, Jesus was virgin born. And here's what the Holy Spirit of God does. The Holy Spirit of God comes over and sits on the shoulder and cups the ear and says, that's right. You better listen to that preacher. He's telling you the truth. You better heed what he's saying. That make sense to you? That's that little voice that you that you uh, that, that you sense in your mind when the word of God is being preached. That's why you can sit there and say, "Oh, I don't believe that." And then after a few minutes, the Holy Spirit is taking your heart and saying, "Yeah, you do." Just rings your heart out for you. He says, "Jesus died on the cross." Holy Spirit's back there going, "Yes, yes." Listen, listen. He's, tell, he's telling you, listen. And then he says, they took him down from the cross and they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. That's what swaddling clothes are. They're burial clothes. Did you know that? They're burial clothes. And they placed him in a borrowed tomb. Why a borrowed tomb? Well, he knew he's gonna, only going to use it for three days, so why buy one? Right? I mean, why buy one? You're only going to use it for a couple of days. And they placed him in that borrowed tomb. And the Holy Spirit's going, better listen. He's telling you the truth of God's word. Don't you harden your heart against what that preacher's saying. And then the preacher says, but on the third day he resurrected. Death could not keep him in the grave. Yeah. Holy Spirit says, wow, that's the truth right there. You better listen to what he's saying. And it's that little pinch, you know. It's that little pinch on the arm. It's that little, uh, little slap on the shoulder. Listen to what that preacher's saying. You see, folks, that's the fuel. The fuel, the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit is the fuel to get the bride. You will be much more successful in soul winning if you will go with the fruit of the Spirit as a methods course and use your spiritual gifts as tools and go with the filling of the Holy Spirit, the fuel. Much better results much better i get so tired of these folks that say you got the holy spirit you got the holy spirit. i say yeah yeah you do yeah so you spoken in tongues no what's that have to do with getting the holy spirit and that they don't understand that but reason is because they don't understand the holy spirit Holy Spirit did not come to be a show. The Holy Spirit did not come to fill you so so we could uh, you know shine the light on you and and uh, broadcast you all over the place and and uh, have you raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars so that you could live like the king instead of living like a servant of God. 
Now, focus is not on us. The focus is on the Lord. Amen. And that's why Abraham went to his son, or went to his servant, sent his servant into the far country to find a wife for his son Isaac. And God sent his Holy Spirit into this world, the far country, to go all the way around, to go to America, to go to New Zealand, to go to Australia, to go to China, to go to Russia, to go to Great Britain, to go Canada. Why? Find a bride. That's our job, getting the bride. Let's bow for prayer. Father in heaven, you know our hearts today. Lord, I pray that you will bless your word to our hearts. Give us understanding of what we've just heard. Help us to see that picture in the Old Testament, all the way back in the Old Testament, in the first book of the Bible. We see your program. We see your plan at work. So, Father, help us to realize the importance of getting the bride. That's the church's responsibility. But we don't have to do it alone. The Holy Spirit goes with us. Father, help us to use the fruit of the Spirit, that loving heart, that gentle nature, that long-suffering. And Father, help us to use that, but also to hone our gifts do our gifts as use them as tools to, to get the bride and then father the fuel the filling of the holy spirit father help us to want to be filled with your spirit so we can be used in a great way and with our heads bowed and our eyes closed folks if god has spoken to your heart this morning about getting the bride I want you to allow the Lord to really move you to do something. You know, we, we, we hear sermons on soul winning. We say, all right, I'm going to go soul winning, and then we don't. Well, I'm going to do this, and then we don't. Let's just make up our minds here this morning that we're going to do what God would have us do. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, how many of you would say, Preacher, pray for me. I have not been getting the bride like I should, but God's touched my heart this morning. Pray for me, Preacher. Would you lift your hand all over this building, all over this building, young, middle-aged, teenager, old person, just raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. God bless all of you. Thank you so much. God bless each and every one of you. You may put your hands down. God bless you. All right, one more question. Is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor, I am not 100% sure I'm saved and on my way to heaven. I'm concerned, though, about my soul. I know I need the Lord. I know I need the Lord. And the Lord is speaking to my heart this morning. Pray for me, Pastor. Would you slip your hand up, dear friend, and let me pray and ask God to help you? 
I won't embarrass you, I promise, but I will pray for you. Yes, I see that. Thank you. God bless you, dear. Amen. Anyone else? Pastor, I'm just not 100% sure. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, Father, let's all stand together, please. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your, for your word and for the conviction that it brings to our hearts. Father, I want to pray for these that have raised their hands this morning. Father, I pray that they'll be more comfortable up here uh, uh, at the altar than they are at their seats. So, Father, help us to, to make a decision today that we're going to follow through on and be uh, a, a successful soul winner. How we can tell people about your son, the Lord Jesus. And Father, I I pray that you'll stir our hearts this morning and help these believers to, to just uh, make a decision this morning that will last. And Father, I pray for this hand that said, pray for me. I'm not 100% sure I'm saved. Well, Father, there's no time like today, no time like right now to get that settled and get that, that matter uh, uh, completely understood so that there's no doubts and no fear of going to a Christless eternity. Father, we, we pray that you'll speak to that heart and uh, that this person will be saved while it's fresh on their heart. So bless now, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm going to ask our pianist to play what uh, he has selected as a song. And listen, if God's touched your heart, you raised your hand this morning, and you said, pray for me, Pastor. Well, I prayed for you, but you have to make a decision yourself. So I'm going to ask you, if you raised your hand, would you step out right now and come, get along with the Lord, and let God help you.
saved. And I know Christ is my Savior. He was a nervous wreck. He was scared to death to ask me. But he asked me. That's the only time anybody has ever witnessed to me. So the odds of your family being approached and witnessed to are very low, very slim.
humble themselves. And thank you, Father, for um, the submission of your people. I continue, Lord, to pray that you will um, speak to uh, the hearts of these men and women. And I pray, O oh God, that um, salvation of the souls of the people around us um, will happen because, Lord, you will use us. And thank you, Father, once again for this um, activity today. We continue, Lord, to uh, serve you and we rejoice, O oh, oh God, of what you have done so far. And help us, Lord, to continue even throughout this day. We praise you, O oh God, in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Let's um, thank the Lord for that message. Um, let us sing the final hymn. We will have the um, singing to be done. And our I think our lunch over at the back is being prepared. So, Brother Matt, let's sing that final hymn. Oh, I can have someone talk right, you know.